everyone. This is uh, Rick Mercer. We're here for another episode of the Garner Station podcast, which we uh, have, uh, it, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also available on YouTube as a as a video. Uh, if you go to the Town of Garner's uh, channel on YouTube, so that's uh, YouTube.com/slash Town of Garner. And today, I am very happy to have with me uh, Mr. Tim Stevens, who's done so much for Garner over the years, and uh, now uh, is is helping to bring something very special to town in um, really just a couple of weeks. Uh, so, Tim, uh, let's just get started. Tell us about uh, The Wall That Heals. Well, The Wall That Heals is a three-quarter replica of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. There are several of these walls that travel around the country, but the wall that heals is associated and administrated by the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington. So it's kind of like the official wall that travels. It's a quick three-quarter size, so it's 375 feet long. It would not fit on a football field. And at the highest point, it's uh, seven and a half feet tall. And it's getting here on uh, March uh, 31st open, we're leaving at 2 o'clock on April 2nd, and it's uh, made out of granite. And so all the 58,281 names that are on the wall are engraved, so this wall you can go and take etchings off of. So it's it's very, it sounds very similar to, to the, you know, the original. It, uh, it, wall it's in, in identical to the yeah. original, except just a little bit smaller. Wow. And uh, this will come. I mean, how do you how do you bring something? How do you, how do you deliver something like that? It's kind of amazing. They have a, a custom made uh, truck, and they basically store the, the wall itself in the middle section down the middle, and then both sides are pulled in, and they have uh, displays built into the side, so they open the outside of the walls. And that leaves you with all these displays, and they have them. It turns it into a museum. The truck that brings the wall also turns into a museum. They call it the Mobile Education Center, and so it has all these displays in there, which is one of the advantages of having this wall. Uh, in some ways, visiting the wall that heals is better than visiting the wall in Washington. We have a museum. They don't have a museum yet in Washington. And one of the biggest things is that anybody who wants a tour can get a tour. I'd seen the wall in Washington several times, but had never really seen it until I had a tour and had someone explain to me what it was I was seeing. And will these tours be available uh, round the clock? Are there certain hours when they're... Well, it, we're, we're trying to get people to put together groups of 10 or more. And then all they have to do is call and let us know, and we'll schedule them a tour essentially anytime they want to take a tour. Mm -hmm. The Wall That Heals has three purposes. The first is to honor those 58,000 men and women who were killed. And the second one is to respect the people, men and women who went to Vietnam and came back and survived. And the third part is to educate everyone. The youngest Vietnam veteran living today is 65 years old. So you can see that in a few years, there won't be any survivors. There won't be anybody to tell these stories unless the stories are told now. So we're going to talk about a lot, but why don't we uh, just give people um, 
a place to go online where they can kind of find out all this information and, and maybe sign up to get a tour and, and do other things too. Okay. If you go to GarnerWall.com, you can get information about when it's going to be here, the escort that's bringing it in. You can sign up to uh, be a volunteer and work at the wall. You can sign up for a tour. And while you're there, you can check out our community in Vietnam. And we've interviewed about 100 area Vietnam veterans and written a story and have a picture on each one of them. And we've got stories there on everybody from Wake County who was killed, everybody from Johnston County who was killed, and everybody from Harnett County who was killed. Um, and there's a big slate of events. Do you want to take a minute or two and, and kind of... Sure. Give us that overview of the, the events that are... are sure. Gonna... The, the first thing we have is on uh, March 29th, which is National Vietnam Veterans Memorial Day. And so we have Bringing the Wall to Garner. It's going to start in Clayton, and we'll go downtown Clayton, and then come down uh, Highway 70. It starts at noon, and then it goes down 70 to uh, Timber Drive, takes a left, uh, goes down Timber to Avisboro Road, takes a right, and goes on to the park. It consists of the Garner and Clayton Police Departments, uh, the truck that brings the wall, and we think we've had somewhere between 200 and 300 motorcyclists who will be riding with the wall. And the escort should arrive at the park around 12.45 or 1 o'clock, and the mayor will be there to proclaim the Vietnam Veterans uh, Week in Garner at the wall. Uh, we'll have a brief ceremony and take pictures of all the riders. Uh, the next may, the wall opens on uh, March uh, 31st, uh, a Thursday. Come as early as you want. We'll be ready probably late Wednesday afternoon, but come whenever you want to on Thursday. Then on Friday, we've got a, a very special event. We're having a candlelight service at the wall. Uh, this is when we're going to uh, recognize and focus on the names that are on the wall. Garner had eight uh, men to be killed in Vietnam. So we're going to be putting wreaths up for each of them. And then also we're putting up a wreath uh, for in memory, which will be uh, people who survived Vietnam and have died. And many of these people uh, had illnesses, or complications from their time in Vietnam. The one that we always first think of in Garner is Ronnie Williams. He told me, the doc he couldn't explain it, but doctor told him that he was dying of Parkinson's because of being exposed to Agent Orange when he was 19 years old. It makes no sense, so we'll be doing that. We have a, a chaplain who was in Vietnam, will be our speaker. The whole uh, Ceremony will probably last about 45 minutes. It's not going to be long. And we're starting the sunsets at 7.38. Uh, so we will start at 7.30. It should be getting dark about the time. We have 100 Boy Scouts involved. And everyone who goes will be given a candle and an opportunity to walk past the wall and uh, have some special music. And uh, we just think it's going to be a, a reverent, meaningful time for us to pause and Think of those men who were killed. And on Saturday, we're having a welcome home, walk to the wall. Many of our Vietnam veterans were not treated well when they came home. I always thought it was an exaggeration when I heard that uh, Vietnam veterans were spit on. But I've interviewed 100 local men, 
and several of them said they were literally spat on in airports. There's one gentleman here who wore his uniform home, was trying to surprise his family, got back early, and could not get a taxi to pick him up. They would not transport him while he was in uniform. So that's the kind of reception they had. Another problem was that many of these uh, men, women, parents had served in World War II, and their parents were heroes. And they went, and they served, and did everything they were asked to do, and they came back, and they were reviled. And they just wondered, what did I do wrong? And then many of them came to the conclusion that uh, just America's changed and we don't value the military anymore. And then we had the Middle East conflicts and those men came home and they were heroes. And that guys from Vietnam saying, we must have done something really wrong. And so what we're trying to do, we're 50 years late, but we're going to have a welcome home, walk to the wall. We're going to have dozens of Vietnam veterans. They're going to start at the Lutheran Church. We're going to transport most of them. Some will ride and, and some will be able to walk. And we've got a Marine band coming from uh, New River. Uh, and they're going to lead these veterans from the Lutheran Church to the wall. Uh, I want you to picture if there's 50 people along the parade route and they politely clap. And that's one thing that's kind of sad. But if we have a thousand people, two thousand people lining the streets down to the wall, what do you? Th how do you think those men are going to feel? Uh, I'll give you an example. I had a lady call me last week. Her husband wants to participate in this, and she was concerned. She said, "Can you find someone who would be willing to push his wheelchair?" And we said, "That's no problem." She says, "He's in hospice." Uh, he's called all his relatives all over the country and has asked them to come. He sent out emails to his friends and all the neighbors and asked them to come. He wants them to wave goodbye. At this, this moment, he wants to share with his neighbors. And, and so you, you hear a story like that and you kind of get the idea that I'm this is a good thing to, to finally tell people thank you. What time is that again? When that's that's two o'clock. Two o'clock on Saturday. So, you know, get there a little bit early. Bring a lawn chair. The parade is only going to last. We, it's not really a parade, it's a walk. Mm -hmm. We don't have much. Okay. We, all we got is a veteran. We've started to have lots of other stuff. All we want is to tell them there's no, if you come, you're coming to thank the veterans. Uh, and so two o'clock, come a little bit early, bring a lawn chair. If you don't have a flag, we'll give you a flag. Want to make a sign, make a sign. But it, uh, the, the thing that, that kind of haunts me in the back of my mind, several, I was reading a book and several years ago, a, a town in, I think it was Indiana or Ohio, it was in the Midwest, advertised a big parade for Vietnam veterans. It was in the eighties. And they had people travel for 200 miles to come participate. And they had lots of veterans, and they walked through empty streets. There was no one there. They got close to the end, and they heard the cheering, and they began to get excited. They put a little more spring in their step. Well, everybody was down here waiting for us, and there was lots of cheering. 
but the people cheering were the veterans who had already finished the walk and walked back to cheer for their, the other veterans. That's pretty sad. But on the other side, I, I, it's just amazing to think if we have a huge turnout thanking these guys. So you've done obviously done a lot of research about uh, the Vietnam War era and Garner, and um, you know, Garner was of course much smaller, more of a rural community back then. But the impact of the war on this community was still profound. Do you want to talk about that? Because well, I think folks don't know about it. Well, you know, there were eight people. You know, uh, probably the the most famous, the one that's probably the best known was Harold Teal. He was president of the Bible Club here, and he seemed an unlikely candidate to join the Marines. But he said, uh, men are dying in Vietnam. Some of them never heard anything about Jesus. As they're dying, they all need somebody to pray for them. And so that's why he went to Vietnam. And then he sacrificed his life, literally, saving the lives of everyone else in his platoon. He saved them all. And, and get sacrificed his life. Uh, he received a silver star. Uh, three of the eight from Garner received the silver star. They died in her right, heroic math ways. Uh, and, and, the, and Vietnam is still all around us. Uh, we don't, if you saw the evacuation from, from Afghanistan, you think Vietnam. You, if you uh, think about distrust of the government, you think Vietnam. And just the it, Vietnam is all around us still. And that's not counting the guys who still suffer from post-stress. Uh, who, who've, uh, one of the gentlemen from Garner uh, interviewed said he hasn't slept the full night since he got back from Vietnam. And the, the, it's still, the effects are still around us even if we don't recognize them. Um. So you you made a play a few years ago about that's uh, kind of the, what the, the men who uh, I wrote a play drew duty and it was about the eight men from Garner and that got me kind of interested even more than I was already mm -hmm. and then I heard about the wall that heals and it's been an, I'm in the third year of what was a six month project uh, the first year we were supposed to have it, it we postponed about four weeks before it started because of COVID. And then last year we were going to have it and we had to postpone for COVID again. And so, you know, we're, we're getting really, really close this year. <laughs> we're not too, we're not cocky. We're not saying, yeah. uh, but we, we hope it happens. And, and it, we think it's going to be, uh, it could be one of the biggest, most impactful events ever in our town. But a lot depends on if, if people want to support it. If, if they support it, it's going to be an incredible just thanking those guys that deserve to have been. And I know we're 50 years late, and I know it's too little, but now's the only time we can do it that's left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it been received in other communities that have had it? Because it goes to about, what, 20 or so communities right. each year? Uh, they travel uh, somewhere between 30 and 35 this year, they cut it back a little bit. They're doing 25 communities. Usually, there's about 130 communities every year that put in bids to host it. And so, we were one of those. And uh, the, it, it, like when it was in the average, will have, I think it's about 6,000 visitors during the week. Wake Forest had it a few years ago, and they had 25,000. 
uh, Tarver had it two years, three, four years ago, and they had 25,000. And so we're thinking that we may be on the high end rather than on the low end. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would imagine, especially, I know you've been doing some outreach and there's probably a lot of folks from Johnston who will be coming to, to, um, to check it out and, uh, harn it and, you know, there's a, and, and, and you know, there's Raleigh's right here yeah, and people from Durham and, and just it's in the thing it one of the nicest things about it, uh, is that with this wall, uh, the wall that heals, it is essentially impossible to spend any money at the wall. We have no souvenirs. We have no concessions. There is nobody asking for donations. There is no one handing out literature. It is coming to the wall. It's a, a kind of a sacred place. In fact, the, the wall is in the shape of a V. And if you go from point to point, any place in there is considered sacred ground. Uh, you don't take shortcuts through there. You don't do, you know, that is, if you step into there, it's like going through a, a cemetery mm -hmm. and honoring those names. Because as you get close, it hits you. From a distance, you look and you see this big wall. And then you get close, 58,000 names. Just 58,000 names. But then you say 58,000 people, young men, eight women. One of the eight women who are listed on the wall was from Eflin, North Carolina, Annie Ruth Graham. And so that kind of makes that come home. And you think about each of those names represents a life and each of them represents a tragedy. And then you, you, you kind of, the size of what it is, is, is amazing. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial was the first monument of its type. There's nothing militaristic, militaristic about it. Uh, it was the first monument to ever list every person from a country who were killed in a war. And, and it was very controversial when it was built. And in the thing that it is, they were achieved with it was it's a place of healing for everybody. If you protested the war, you go there and says, this is what I was protesting. 58,000 men killed. And if you went, this is like honoring those who died. And so they, they were able to achieve a monument that's a place that anybody can go and cry at. So I guess we haven't said it explicitly, but so where is it, where is it going to be in Garner? And kind of describe the, the layout and its relation to another very important uh, memorial that's uh, that's there. Uh, it's going to be at Lake Vincent Park, and it's one of the best uh, places to have it that the wall people have seen. Uh, if you can picture, the Garner Veterans Memorial is up at the extreme west side, kind of on top of the hill. Uh, the wall will start sort of at the caddy corner of the memorial and extend essentially the entire way of that top level. And so that just gives you an idea how long it is. And they like it a great deal because it's a, a dark place. This is uh, illuminated, the wall is illuminated. So you can visit at night and be able to read the names and it's striking at night. And so uh, it's a dark place, but there's lots and lots of room, you know, for visitors to come and see it. And when you, plenty of free parking, that's the other thing, just we can park 
I think over a thousand cars. The park is used to handling large crowds. Uh, and, this, and, and we're able to put it back a little bit so that when you walk up to it, you kind of see it in its entirety. And while you're there, you can uh, also visit the Garner Veterans uh, Memorial. You can find someone and they probably give you a little tour at the memorial, or you can go on your telephone and they have a pre recorded tour of the Garner Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an ideal place for it. Uh, the backdrop is pretty. The trees are pretty. It's a grassy place. It, uh, like the park is out of our central park. Our, our, it's, yeah. Yes, it's our central. Yeah. That's where I was trying to think. Yeah. Central park, and, and just that's a, a gathering place. This is where our community gathers, and and so we can gather there again and pay tribute to these people. Yeah, it's hard to think of a community having a better place to. To, to host that. Really. Well, years and years ago, there was a bond issue that failed that was going to build a civic center there. And this was the best failed bond issue of all time. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, instead of becoming yeah. a regular kind of park kind of place, we got this huge expanse, expanse of grass and sunshine and walking trails and i live nearby and anytime you go up there there's somebody there and it's, it's it is this great gathering place this is like a place that you know everybody goes it doesn't matter everybody's there and i just love the park yeah me too yeah like you say on, a, on any nice day it's just it's full with like all sorts of folks doing all sorts of different things hey, and, right. it, and there's okay, room it butts up to the lake of course uh thus its name <laughs> and uh yeah we have our biggest event there july 3rd we right. have our memorial day uh, observance there by, right by the memorial um and i guess so you mentioned the parking so there will be kind of uh, similar to the other big events there there's going to be some parking on the grass available yes, on that yes. day, not just along right. the dirt we, we have a lot of reserve parking for vietnam veterans we have uh, increased our handicapped parking places as well and then we will be parking first parking places will be over by the red barn that has another name they use another name but it, where the red barn is yeah. that park over there, that's the first thing and then then if that fills then we overflow onto the other side of the street very good um so you know coming back to a lot of the research you've done uh, and talking with veterans in the region and try at least the three three different counties three or four different counties you've talked to folks Kind of, are there, um, you know, some common themes that you're hearing from them about what, what this will mean to have the wall come here? Well, uh, the thing about it is just many of the Vietnam veterans are just a, a little leery. I understand that. And, and then I, there was one I talked to. Thank you so much for bringing the wall. This is so wonderful that you recognize us and I will not go. And, you know, he says there's names on the wall because men did what I told them to do. But it goes back to, it's called the wall that heals. And there's something about going and confronting the names that brings healing. The the wall is open 24 hours a day. And the reason it's open is there will be people who aren't going to the wall, I'm not going to the wall, 2 a.m., they go to the wall. Uh, I know down in Newburn, when the wall was in Newburn, they had three or four men 
who came every night. They would come somewhere between two and four and sit on a bench and wait till sunlight, sunrise, and then they left. And that's why we're open 24 hours a day. We know there's going to be people who come in the middle of the night. They're not coming for a tour. They're not coming for someone to talk to. They're coming to be there. And then the other part of that is sometimes they come in the middle of the night and they want to talk to another veteran. I had a veteran tell me uh, talking about Vietnam is talking about is like talking about a toothache. I can tell you all about a toothache, but if you've never had a toothache, you don't really understand. Talking about Vietnam is the same way. I can tell you all about Vietnam, but if you were not there, you will never really understand. What kind of, um, you know, so it'll be here about four days, you know, once it's sort of set up and I, what do you think could be the lasting impact for our community or sort of like what's a kind of what's a follow up or what could a follow up look like for the community? Well, I mean, there's other veteran type things you can do. Uh, the big thing is, is I think it's bringing awareness to people who don't know. So hopefully there'll be a greater appreciation for our Vietnam veterans and for military people in general. Uh, I think there's something to be said for bringing a community together on a project. Uh, you know, we have that with Relay for Life, but this would be another thing. If everybody in our community is kind of touched and focused on one thing, it brings us together. And so that next time we do a similar type project, we know we can do. I think it was 1987, uh, Raleigh-Durham Chapel hosted the uh, Olympic Festival. 19, in 1987, the Triangle hosted the Olympic Festival into three cities, communities, all the communities cooperated in a different way than they ever had before. And that had lasting effects. Yeah. We, we've reached out to every civic club, I think, and asked their assistance in it. And just this sense of cooperation, sense of community. That's the, to me, is one of the key things. Garner's changing, it's getting bigger. It's not Garner that I grew up in. I uh, went to the Piggly Wiggly. Everybody in there knew me, or at least knew my people. We had a population of 4,000. All right. And we had this great sense of community. Uh, to, to maintain that sense of community, you have to have things that everyone in the community wants to come together for. And this can be one of those things, and we can do similar things in the future. And one of the lasting things is, is you worked on a, a documentary yeah. to accompany the visit um, and it has well it has maybe aired in a couple places and will air it will both be broadcast right. and it actually be part of uh, live events can you well, want to talk about those right I, I made a documentary and it focuses it, it's on North Carolina's contributions to Vietnam and we focused on six people and then uh, we talk about the wall that heals and this type of thing uh, it made its premiere at the North Carolina Museum of History. Uh, it's gonna be shown uh, on March 20th at Avisburg Road Baptist Church at three o'clock. We've got the 82nd Airborne coming as special guests. They will do a concert too. We're gonna to show on uh, March 27th at the Airborne and Special Operations Museum in Fayetteville. Uh, Fox 50 is gonna televise it on March 26th at one o'clock. And then WRAL is going to 
air it on March 27th, a Sunday at one. And then we think it's going to move over to PBS and be televised over there around uh, uh, Memorial Day. But it focuses on six uh, people, one of which is Harold Teal from Garner. Uh, then we talk about uh, the youngest person American killed in the war was from Goldsboro. We focus on another young man whose grandfather, not his great-grandfather, but his grandfather fought for the Union in the Civil War. He was an escaped slave and got to, to Newburn. Uh, a man from Coates who was killed in Operation Baby Lift at the end of the war when we were trying to rescue orphans in Vietnam and bring them to America for homes. One of the eight women killed was from Eflin. Uh, a family in Charlotte's son was killed and they refused to acknowledge it. They kept thinking he would come home one day, never found his body, held his funeral 46 years later. And then one of the most touching stories is a young man from Silva who survived the war, but uh, he was, uh, he cr helicopter crash was left in the jungle for 79 days to survive as he could and it ruined his health. He had more than 200 major operations during the rest of his life. And so we talk about these individuals and it, through them, it expands and you can understand the war in a little bit different way. Wow, so many stories. Um, thanks for sure. all your work and <laughs> in, in, in bringing this here. Cause like you say, this is gonna be a, a really a huge event for the community and, and um, you know, maybe one of the, the biggest events we've ever, ever had in Garner, really. Um, certainly a, a special one-off event. Um, is there, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to, to add before we, uh, before we get ready well, to Well, just, just, if you're my friend, I need for you to come on Saturday at two o'clock. What, you know, it's important to them to be thanked. It's more important that we thank somebody. We need to pause and, and just think about what people have done for us. And, and so it will be a good time there. And I think the candlelight service is going to be moving and, and it will be special for the families. We have family representatives coming to place the wreaths and just go and spend time. Uh, the, uh, at the wall, you can uh, spend 20 minutes or so or 30 minutes just looking at the wall. You can go look at the museum. And then we have our community in Vietnam where we'll have an exhibit on about 100 uh, people from Garner and the surrounding area who went to Vietnam and their experiences. Some of them are funny, some of them are tragic, and a lot of them are just... I didn't know he went to Vietnam. I had one gentleman I was talking to, interviewed him, called him, I want to talk to you about Vietnam. And he says, no one in Garner has ever been told I went to Vietnam. How'd you find out? I said, well, I just did. He said, well, I found out very soon when I returned from Vietnam, I thought I'd done something great. But I found out when people found out you went to Vietnam, it didn't make you any friends. That's kind of tragic. Um, yeah, thank you so oh, much. Sir. I mean, this is, uh, like you say, long overdue. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Third year of six months project. It'll, uh, 
Yeah, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna mean so much. And and let's remind folks again, kind of where they can go to get just the learn the whole slate of events and how to sign up to be a volunteer and everything else. You can find that information at garnerwall.com. I don't know how I can make it any simpler. <laughs> Garnerwall. <laughs> Garnerwall.com. You'll you'll uh, learn everything you need to know, and please come out for the uh for for the welcome home procession parade right. we're not right. calling it a parade i guess um that that in particular will be especially meaningful but come and come and check out the ball and uh the mobile educational center with it it's a, right. it's a special added um benefit of of seeing this wall that you don't get when you go to dc right right, right. um and you don't have to pay for parking and yes. you don't have to put up the hassle of washing the dc traffic that, that is what <laughs> so um thank you for everything you do for the oh, sure. community tim you're, you're you know you're, you're such a treasure to garner and uh beloved and uh, we appreciate it and thanks for being with us today and that will wrap up this episode of garner station again you can check out this and other episodes at our youtube channel the town of garner's youtube channel the podcast itself is available wherever you get your podcasts um, thanks, and we'll uh, see you next time. Take care.